We welcome you to this recording brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. I'm Warren Berkeley, and we are ready to engage in a study that pertains to a subject that many of us may have on our mind this weekend. May I call your attention to this paragraph written by the Apostle John in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. You'll recognize a subject we have on our mind this weekend as I read John 8, 31 through 38. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. That's John 8, 31 to 38. When we think of freedom or liberty, especially this weekend, we have thoughts of gratitude for a variety of blessings we enjoy in this nation, notwithstanding any difficulties we see in our society. The ability to choose our leaders, the freedom that is fundamental to our economy and marketplace, freedom of the press, of special interest to us, the freedom to express and practice our religious convictions. On a day like today, we rejoice, rightly so, as we reflect on the blessings enjoyed as part of our earthly location and citizenship. However, we may be disturbed by some of the cultural changes in our society in this nation. Let's not forget, we have blessings and opportunity here not possible in many other places in the world. We cherish our freedom. I would like for us in this recorded sermon to reflect on the highest kind of freedom, the highest kind. Political freedom and democratic government is appreciated, but that's why we're here. I want us to focus on a higher freedom, and this passage in John 8 is a good source for that subject, the highest kind of freedom. And the highest kind of freedom is to be freed from the guilt and consequence of sin, to be free to live as the Creator intended, and then have generous access to heaven. Our subject is the highest kind of freedom. Let's look at this passage in John chapter 8, and I'll read it again for us. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, 
and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. This part of the Gospel of John, chapter 8, is one of those places in the Gospels where there is documented confrontation. Documented confrontation. The context, starting back at verse 12, continuing to the end of the chapter, is a narration of conflict and confrontation. Let's look at some of that. Back in verse 13, the Pharisees said to Jesus, your testimony is not true. They were calling Jesus a false teacher. Jesus responded in verse 14, my testimony is true. And in verse 16, he says, my judgment is true. So this exchange between Jesus and these men continues, and there comes a time when Jesus issues a very sharp rebuke that they needed to hear, that they were dying in their sin. Verse 24. Listen to this in verse 24 of John 8, where Jesus said, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. I want to think there were people who heard Jesus make this statement and they were awakened and convicted and that their faith in Christ found expression in obedience. But these men, Jesus was debating, did not take this well. They rejected the charge that they were dying in their sins. So the scene in John chapter 8 is one of conflict debate, confrontation is described by the writer. Second, I want us to see there were some in this audience who, according to John's account here in verse 31, believed Jesus. Verse 31, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him. Let's pause there. At this point in the narrative, Jesus addresses those who had believed him. On several occasions in the New Testament, writers tell us about people who believe, but without the result of obedience. Later in John, in chapter 12, verse 42, there were Pharisees who believed in him but were afraid to confess their belief. Over in James 2 and verse 19, there are demons who believe and shudder, yet quite obviously do not exhibit obedience to Christ. We know there are people today who admire Christ and believe certain things about him, but have never made the choice to follow him. Genuine faith, saving faith, not only acknowledges the truth about Jesus Christ, but responds to him and then abides in his word. 
So here in John 8, 31, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Then came the good news, verse 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you are dying in sin, this is absolutely the best news you could hear. It is an offer of freedom from sin. Knowing the truth about who Jesus is, embracing the truth he delivered with belief and obedience, and being freed from the guilt and consequence of sin, that's good news. As I mentioned before, in this country, we are happy to have free trade, a free press, freedom to worship. We celebrate that as a fortunate part of our earthly existence. But here is something better, something higher, being liberated from sin. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So this was good news, but John tells us it was rejected. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Let's talk about this, please. Those Jesus spoke the good news to did not believe they were dying in sin, did not regard themselves as slaves of sin. Whatever they might have believed about Jesus, we don't know with certainty, but John makes it clear in verse 33, they rejected any notion that they needed to be freed from sin. You know, at one level, there was an odd odd part of this claim that these men were making. The Jewish people had lived in bondage to Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Greece, Syria, and Rome. Even in times when they enjoyed some relative religious freedom, they existed under the domination of another nation. So in terms of their national existence, the claim is absurd. But Jesus is talking about the history or current condition of the nation and these people in particular. They were slaves of sin. He's talking about people who sin being in bondage to their sin dying in sin they have chosen, therefore needing liberation, freedom from sin. Now, to the essence of their claim. They believe they were not dying in sin, not slaves of sin, so not needing freedom. Because, they said, we are offspring of Abraham. You can see them and hear them swelling in pride when they uttered those words. They saw themselves as sons of the kingdom by virtue of ancestry and blood. I read this narrative, and I hear these men saying something like, Jesus, we're not slaves to sin. We're not dying in sin. Jesus, don't you understand we are the offspring of Abraham? They were alleging, perhaps with a high tone of indignation that they didn't need the freedom Jesus offered. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered by taking the conversation right back to the problem. 
verse 34. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Folks, I want to highlight one word in verse 34. Everyone, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Males, females, masters, servants, rich, poor, Jews, Gentiles, Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees, everyone. No matter your race, genealogy, family tree, bloodline, citizenship, privilege that you claim, offspring of Abraham, or you don't even know who Abraham is. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Whatever highly esteemed house or family you belong to, whatever parade you've marched in, only the Son of God remains forever in that house, and only the Son of God can set you free from sin. I want us to listen to the entire text again, and then I'll move us into application. We're in John 8, 31 through 38. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet... You seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Applications of this passage. Number one, this is the highest kind of freedom anyone can have and everybody needs. I am patriotic. I love to live in a country where I'm afforded freedom I couldn't have in other places. There are places in the world today where I could not produce this kind of live broadcast of Bible teaching or recorded broadcast. I appreciate the liberties we enjoy, but there is a higher kind of freedom I celebrate with even greater depth of appreciation. I can be free from the guilt and consequence of sin by accepting the gift God offers in Christ. I can obey the gospel and know I am no longer a slave to sin. This is the highest kind of freedom. We can be spiritually confident, not because of a claimed bloodline or family connection. 
Our confidence is grounded in trust in Jesus Christ that leads us to obedience. This freedom is not earned, bought, or automatically inherited by blood. It is conferred by the Son of God. Conferred by the Son of God. A preacher cannot grant you freedom from sin. A humanly concocted priesthood cannot confer forgiveness of sin. Your parents cannot give you freedom from the bondage of sin, though they can lead you in that direction. Jesus not only enjoys inalienable rights as a unique son of God, but exercises full authority, liberating from the tyranny of sin those who come to him. This means knowing the truth, becoming and being a disciple of Christ. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free, he said. You will hear conversations where people talk about your truth and my truth. Truth to so many people around us is not objective and absolute. It is relative, situational, and subjective. I believe all truth originates from the Creator. And the specific message of truth every one of us need is written in the New Testament of Jesus Christ. You can read it, believe it, know it, and obey it to be liberated from the guilt and consequence of sin. You can know the truth and by your response be freed from sin. You can stay with the truth and continue to be freed from sin. True freedom is not license to do whatever a person wants. It is the ability to do what is right in response to truth given by the Creator. Edmund Burke said, Men are qualified for civil liberties only to the extent that they're willing to put moral chains on their appetites. The truth from God gives us that power. And then, never challenge the word of Jesus Christ. I believe one purpose of these narratives is to illustrate how powerful the words of Christ were and are still today. The ugly, challenging tone of these men toward Jesus becomes part of larger testimony that he isn't to be questioned or contradicted. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He speaks the truth and caused it to be written for what purpose? that we might be liberated from the bondage of sin. So, on a day like today, I wave a flag with you. We are grateful participants in amazing privileges and liberties. We pray they will continue, especially the freedom to speak and to practice our convictions as followers of Christ, and yet we know there is a higher kind of freedom. Jesus gave his life for us to be freed from sin, liberated from its guilt and consequences. We praise God for that salvation and the hope of heaven. And we are free to say to others, you can know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
Thank you for being with us listening to this recording.